Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan. <laughs> I'm Mark Whitman. And uh, so good to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us uh, today on this episode. Uh, what I wanted to talk about um, was a little bit of gimmick infringement. Hmm. Um, I don't I, have any idea what you're talking about. The other day, uh, I saw where Dax Harwood on his new podcast, which congratulations on the success, well-deserved, they are doing... A March Madness fantasy tag team tournament. Now, to his credit, FTR not in this tur- tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a longtime listener of this show, <laughs> you know that we have done tag team. We've done fantasy tournaments mm-hmm. before, and I'd like to get back to Going that. All the way back to when we were. In the seventh and eighth grade, we were doing fantasy tournaments. Yeah, and we used to. If, you, if you're new to the show, um, Mark watched a lot more WWF at that time as we did, and he just thought the under. He just kept pushing for the Undertaker, and we we're like, <laughs> "What do you mean, Arn Anderson wouldn't beat the Undertaker in round two? You're out of your mind, <laughs> Arn Anderson's enforcer, <laughs> Undertaker. Who is even? Who is even that guy? And um, but. Um, I'm just kidding, of course, about the gimmick infringement. But what I wanted to talk to Mark about, uh, Mark, who was uh, a tag team specialist, I'd say, <laughs> oh when he wrestled. <laughs> but I want to talk I about, I want to compare tag team wrestling from when we were growing up, mm-hmm. 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. to tag team wrestling now and ask you, talk about, what are some changes you would make to modern tag team wrestling? Maybe not to pull it all the way back, but to just to improve um, modern tag team wrestling. You know, one thing I like that we're doing again is actual, uh, we've gotten away from a, a long time. Um, but now it's not just two guys. Now you have a tag team and they, they, they wear matching out, matching trunks yes. and you know even if if one of, you know just like the Midnight Express you know um, Bobby Eaton always wore the long tights and Stan Lane wore wore trunks or, or Dennis Dennis Condry would wear trunks. Um, <clears throat> I like that. I like the fact that you see a lot of tagged in. I think you know FTR was at the top of that list, right? Um, where guys seem to want to be tag team wrestlers. You know, before it was almost like a a springboard to a feud. We'll put these two guys together, make them a tag team so that one of them can turn on the other and we'll be able to get a feud. You know, young bucks come along. They dress, they wear the same, they're brothers, obviously wear the same, wear the same gear. I like that. I like that a lot. I do. If I could, the changes that I would make, this is not going to be very long. No, no, let's, can I, can I piggyback on what you just said? I, I just noticed the other day, um, I want to say it was AEW Dark, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake, matching, the work horsemen. Mm-hmm. They got matching outfits. So you're seeing that trickle down even to 
the independents where yep. some independent tag teams are, are getting the same gear and trying to match and try to look alike. And I, to me, <coughs> there's not enough of that. Like, if, if mm-hmm. I were coming along now, I would be like, what's, what's the gap in independent wrestling teams? It's, it's tag teams with matching gear. And so mm-hmm. I would try to find somebody that I had that good relationship with, somebody who kind of had the same idea about wrestling as me, somebody who had the same goals as me. It'd probably, it'd probably have to be a close friend. Uh, now, there are some teams, uh, you know, locally, I think All Worm No Soul, they, that's what they did. They started teaming together within a couple of months. They had a name. They had matching gear. They got the matching jackets. And if we're being brutally honest – on the lower levels, the reason that's not happening, people don't, people aren't even buying gear, right? Much less matching much gear. Much less matching gear. Yeah, it would involve it would involve a little investment. So you talked about that when we were growing up that that was that was you know one of the things. But as far as like in ring, what what I would, ma- get, I would get rid of the uh, the back slap tag, the no look tag. First okay. of all, that needs to go away. Um, I just don't like it. Tag the hand. Tag the hand. That's the way you make a tag. You don't slap a guy on the back. Well, um, I would use the tag rope. Uh-huh. You can't make a tag if the guy's not holding the tag rope. Right. I would. I would go back to the. Uh, you got one save. Yes. You know rule. I like rules in wrestling. I, I right. do. I think rules. Rules kind of define who the rule breakers are. Yes. You know, you can't you can't cheat if there's no rules. Right. Um I would get away from and you can argue till you blue in the face about who's responsible for it. Uh, but this deal where all four guys get in the ring and fight for fifteen minutes and right. the ref never disqualifies anybody, all that stuff needs to Unless the, that's what a Texas tornado match is. So you've taken away a, a particular match type. You right. Know, if you're having a match where, uh, you know, a, a, a tables and ladders match or something, yeah. where that's part of it, that's yeah. fine. But just a traditional tag team match between, you know, two tag teams, there should be some some rules about keeping all four men out of the ring at the same time. Where would you trace that back to is that would you say that's an influence of lucha libre wrestling is that the ecw influence yeah i think there's some ecw influence there lucha um but yeah probably those wild ecw brawls um look i mean that's obviously more exciting when everybody when everybody's all in the ring i mean right get no argument for me um but you can't keep it at eleven all the time. If you're if you're always at eleven, where are you going to go? Right. You know. So you keep it toned down with a real match. To you, I think. I think the the young bucks today, um, by today's standards, are way. I don't know. They're, they're responsible for what you're seeing. I think in right. AEW, yeah, their tag team stuff. That's um, what all those people grew up on. Was the Young Bucks. Right, right. So, I mean, I think they're definitely responsible. I mean, they're kind of 
I would imagine in charge of or in head of or whatever, they do have a lot of influence over that tag division. And I sometimes I just I get burned out on watching that. I want to see one guy because if you got two guys standing on the side of the ring, then you can have that traditional, which will obviously what I would get to is teaching people how to do a proper hot tag, right? To build up to it, to give the false hope spots, and then to put an obstacle in the path of the baby face. Not where it's, you know, you you make the comeback and then make a tag. That's not a hot tag. You've taken all the heat away. You right. Know, you've, you've blown the hot tag the moment for your for your partner. Right. If you make a comeback before you make a tag. Uh, so, yeah, I would have some – I would go – if I was any wrestling company that was serious about how to do tag team wrestling right, I would – why would you not pay Ricky Morton to come in and teach people how to how to do a hot tag? Right. Why would you not have Ricky and Robert Gibson? Why would you not talk to Jim Cornette? I'm trying to think. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you have access to people who have been very successful in AEW. You have Billy Gunn. You have Matt Hardy. Um, There's a I don't know. Have you heard um, Arn Anderson? Arn Anderson. Yeah, right. I saw a promo uh, the other day. We did an episode early on, Best Tag Team Wrestlers, and I, I have to think Arn was on one of our lists if we knew anything about it. I guarantee about that he was on yours. Yeah. Um, the, but there was a promo with him and Larry Zabisco, yeah. and they were calling themselves the Enforcers, and they got the mm-hmm. matching trunks. Right. And I am telling you what, I have never been <laughs> the biggest Larry Zabisco <laughs> Captain fan. Captain Teddy Bridges. <laughs> but let me tell you. Dude, what a great promo they yeah, cut! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry could. Larry was a good promo, um, and they just and and a good tag team promo mm-hmm. is just kind of handing it off to the other guy. Tell him, Hulk. And but Larry Zabisco, he got doing the same what he's saying, and he just took a step back, and then Orange yeah. stepped in, and and he talked about the difference between amateur sports and professional sports. Yeah, and it. it I mean, I'm sitting there thinking it made me believe. Yeah, I like because everything he said yeah, I was true. That tag team, yeah, I remember the, the enforcers. They were good. They were good. They had some good. Arn Anderson, you know, he's all right. Pretty good. <sighs> Average match. size. Go have a pretty good little match. <laughs> Average speed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the thing: Arn Anderson. I used to you used to could argue he was vastly underrated, and I think. The last ten years, he has gotten his proper due to where now yeah. he's properly rated. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, I I was thinking about this. You think back, and we've talked about this before. Like the Rock and Roll Express would have been considered in our time a high flying team. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you. There were people 20 years their seniors sitting around the locker room going, the Midnight and Rock and Roll Express, they're going to kill the business. Right. I mean, guaranteed. Yeah. 100%. People were, but the, even though they did do some high impact stuff, they did do some high flying stuff, everything they did, that's the difference, was believable. Right. It had a purpose. It still built, they still worked within the confines of what had successfully drawn money in, in wrestling. Right. You know, they didn't go out there and, and look like they were 
obviously cooperating with one another. Right. That's the key. Stop looking like you're cooperating with each other. Right. Stop all. But it's, I mean, at this point, I mean, it, it, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. Correct. I, but if you compare, compare 1986 Rock and Roll Express to Young Bucks today. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a completely different style. I'm not you take yeah. all the rules and I like Ricky Morton. Has Ricky Morton ever done a springboard move? The the degree of difficulty. Yeah, I don't I doubt that he has. <laughs> even when even when the midnight rockers came along, people thought they were a lot more athletic. Yeah. That's and right. probably were. They were, yeah, yeah. Than than the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, they were. I mean, Shawn Michaels is I mean, he's like arguably Rick Flair says that Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler he's ever been in the ring with. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and trust what Rick Flair said. If I was needed tax advice, I probably wouldn't go to Rick Flair. <laughs> but, but when it comes to who the best in ring wrestler is, I'm gonna go ahead and go with what he says. Well, speaking of tax advice, that's a good segue. We want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it is that time. I just realized that the other day. It's yeah, time to I gotta make go that, get mine done too. Time to make that appointment. Um, they want their money. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, the IRS is pretty serious about things. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Mm. At least if you're a blue collar working American, you know, if you're a multimillionaire, they seem to be all kind of things that you can do to I feel like the multimillionaires of this country they operate kind of like our relationship they a multimillionaire would say to the IRS I pay you in other ways <laughs> That's right that's exactly <laughs> what they do Um So who who would you say I mean obviously FTR is is a throwback tag team mm -hmm. Is there any I mean I think one of the reasons FTR was tag team of the year was because there's a little bit of people wanting that. People, they, you can only have 100%. so much chaos mm -hmm. that people long for a little bit of structure and a little bit of. Right. That way, when the chaos happens, it blows the roof off. If you start out, we talked about it with that best of seven series, man. They were they had a no DQ match four or five M, but there's no, every match before that had been no DQ. Right, right. And every match after that was no DQ. Yeah, um, I do think. I think we need more disqualifications. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be fine. I, I somebody showed uh, maybe in Thomas, he posted a card uh, from the seventies or late seventies. It was the the first match on the card was like Johnny Weaver and somebody, and it was a twenty minute draw. First, it was John, yeah. it was Hollywood John Tatum and Johnny Weaver, yeah. twenty minute draw. Oh my gosh! If you did that today, oh what in the world? Right. Um, but a good baby face and a good heel, mm -hmm. they can keep you compelled for twenty minutes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, a good wrestler can make a headlock <laughs> compelling. I've seen Randy Orton do it. Yes. Yeah. If you're good, like, if you're good, I, I mean, you can quote me on this. If you're good, you're good. 
That's how you got to do it. <laughs> if you want, if you want to get it. Um, who are some tag teams? Oh, it reminds me. I got a picture I want to send you of uh, early Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody. Uh, uh, Could you imagine Brody and Hansen versus the Young? Oh my gosh! But I'd love to see. But them. here's the thing. I think at some point they would let them get a little stuff in because they know that they're Hanson and Brody are like, oh, where's the money? You've, you've evidently never seen a Bruiser Brody match. Well, I mean, <laughs> they might not sell for them. But they're going to let them do a double yeah. drop kick or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that you've ever seen Bruiser Brody have a match. <laughs> you think he'd just toss him around? I don't think he'd do. Kind of, you know, uh, Lesnar, they say, recently turned down the match with Bray Wyatt. Uh, he just told him no. Yeah. He wasn't getting wrapped up in it. He said, I think his words was, I don't do that spooky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lesnar at this point in his career knows who he is, knows mm-hmm. what the fans expect, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it is what it is. I don't know when he developed a southern accent. This <laughs> 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 kid from Minnesota that lives that lives up in Canada has all of a sudden got a southern accent. I don't know where that came from. He's good. He's, he's yes. very believable. Uh-huh. Barry. How y'all doing? <laughs> How y'all doing? Good to see you. What? Um, who are some tag teams of recent years watching AEW, watching WWE <clears throat> that you thought maybe would be better than they ended up being, or maybe they didn't get a shot, and you'd be like, "Man, I wish they would have got a real opportunity." You know, <clears throat> if uh, Jason Jordan had not got hurt, mm. you know, American Alpha could have. It, it could have had an opportunity maybe if they left went to AEW. Yeah. Uh, WWE just doesn't seem to take the, the tag team serious. But uh, Chad right. Gable and Otis, they're a goofy. I, no, I'm not saying they're that, that, that currently. Yeah. Cause I get, it's, to me, it's aggravating and it's kind of, it's just goofy. And I don't go for goofy. Right. Um, but if they have been treated seriously. Mm-hmm. As as two legitimate wrestlers who could grapple, man, that that they would be an incredible team because they're pretty good in the ring. It's just right. all the silliness that goes along with it. I don't like. Um, but if you presented those guys as what they seriously are, which is legitimate uh, amateur wrestlers, right? Um, man. They could be huge, man. I think a lot of the guys that you're seeing now, I mean, the Gun Club, they got a ton of potential. The Acclaimed mm-hmm. have got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, you know, I was sad to see Hookhausen. They're not doing, <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> nah. I don't know, man. I can't. I mean, because I can't think of anybody else. To man. me, I always felt like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I always felt like that was a forced I that always felt forced to me mm-hmm. because everybody liked Jungle Boy and it's like we're having to accept nobody really liked Luchasaurus, but we're having to accept him because we really genuinely think Jungle Boy is a good talent, got mm-hmm. skills, good looking kid. And I so I always felt like that tag team probably got more of a run than I would have cared for. See, I would kind of disagree with that and just think they didn't use them correctly. Okay. You know, if you could, 
you know, <clears throat> if you could have a good baby face around where you beat Jungle Boy up for 15 minutes and then you build up to, to Luchasaurus kind of coming in and, and running over everybody and kind of limit him in the ring. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't put him in the, in the ring a whole lot, but kind of limit him. You know, I think there could have been something there, which I, was, I guess is kind of what they did, but – it was in that early stage. I think a lot of people suffered from that no people there kind of thing. Like that kind of stuff only works right. with a crowd. Right. Building to a hot tag to make the crowd right. pop doesn't work if there's no crowd. Yeah. I, I feel like, and this would be another episode, and I do and I do want to talk about this. Um, I feel like AEW is still trying to find themselves. If they hadn't found themselves by now. Right. I, I just don't. And I like AEW. I, Correct. I, I enjoy watching that. I watch them a lot more than I do WWE because I enjoy match quality as well. So, right. And I like good promos. And I, I, I like a little blood. John Moxley's taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. He needs to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. You don't need to bleed every week. It, it's not special anymore. Right. If you right. do it, if everybody does it all the time, right. It's not special, you know? Um, and you know he's going to bleed at the pay per view because it's a Texas death match. Uh, he'll he'll be he'll probably be bleeding on the way to the ring. Somebody's going to hit him in the head with a popcorn bucket. That's going to be all she wrote. <laughs> so I wish they'd tone that down just a little bit. I would. Why not save the blood for the Texas death match? That would be, you know. But we don't see a lot of blood in tag team wrestling. That's true. I'd like to see that. Yeah. To me, you would get to Starcade, and Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson would both bleed in a cage. Yeah, and that was special, mm-hmm. and it added to me. To me, blood was always supposed to add to the peril. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely takes things to the next level of intensity. You know, I can remember watching matches for years and going, you know, like this would be a good moment. If there was some blood right now, right. People would, you know, would go crazy. Um, so there's that. I think they need to tone that down a little bit with the blood. Um, I don't think to like, at least in Crockett, if there was a cage match, you knew there is going to be blood in this match. And now, there's no blood in cage matches. Well, not in of, WWE, there's not. Right, right. Um, yeah, AEW, man. A, you can't introduce somebody on TV. They're a bit like, but here's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. It was a two or three months ago, Bandito comes out. Yeah. And he has this incredible match with Brian Danielson. Uh-huh. They signed him to a contract. Where's he at? Yeah. <laughs> you start building somebody up. Where'd Keith Lee go? Yeah. Where'd Miro go? Right. Right. You bring these guys on TV. You, fo- you focus everything. Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, start and stop. Start and stop. Start and stop. Wardlow. You build Wardlow up. He does the Powerbomb Symphony. He wins. Everybody's getting behind him. He beats MJF. 
wins the belt, and now he's doing jobs to Samoa Joe and getting his hair cut. He, I saw him just yesterday, and there was an article about basically Wardlow. Hey, I, I'm trying to figure out how to get my popularity back. Yeah. So that like, all that is is stuff I want to talk about. Um, because part of it is there's so there's only so many slots right between dynamite and rampage and even aw dark there's only so many slots mm -hmm. and it would be like a basketball t well more like um a baseball team it used to be a 25 man roster i don't know what it is now probably more than 25 mm -hmm. well if you were a team that had 40 good players yeah you ain't got but 25 roster spots. Right. You got to send them down. And and if you're AEW, and let's just I, – I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I got this uh, this 80s Mania Wrestling Return game. Mm -hmm. And you're on there and you buy, your, buy the cards. And, like, since I've been playing it, I've been buying more wrestlers. Well, now I've got – Way too many good wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't have room for everybody. All my cards. And I'm like, oh man, I got this really good wrestler. The guy that's supposed to be Ricky Steamboat, Dickie Thunderbird. <laughs> and I went Dickie, through a whole month. Thunderbird. <laughs> oh yeah. Some of the names on here. He's like, okay. <laughs> it's funny. And I went through like a whole month of shows, did the pay-per-view. I'm like, man, I didn't even use Dickie Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, I was Dickie Thunderbird. <laughs> um, poor Dickie, poor Dickie Thunderbird. Um, he's uh, he's gonna, I'm sure Dickie Thunderbird's gonna send out a cryptic tweet, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, here in the next week or two. About <laughs> he sure enjoyed watching the pay per view from home. It would be interesting <laughs> if this game incorporated hey, guy's not getting used, he's not happy, he's gonna quit. Yeah. Or he's going to tweet something. Yeah. But there's just not, even in WWE, there's not enough slots mm -mm. for people to be used. And so maybe that's why, you know, if you're a singles wrestler and you see there's, well, AEW's got an abundance of tag teams now. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was really surprised. I wouldn't consider the guns. One of their top five teams, but they're the champs now because mm -hmm. they they got over. I, I mean, I think, and I I'm, I hope that the uh, the guns getting the kind of keep retaining so that FTR because they won the titles off FTR, so hopefully they'll come. Or, uh, they won them off the acclaim. That's right. That's right. That's right. But I'm hoping that FTR is coming back to get them. They beat FTR. That was oh right. That was what it was. They beat FTR for to to get to the match or something. I remember watching it because I was like, "Wait, what? They beat FTR?" I think it was the acclaimed. The acclaimed beat FTR yeah, to get right. the title shot. That's right. I'm still waiting for. But I thought the Gun Club beat FTR too. Did they not? Maybe. Maybe they cost them. I can't remember now. Maybe we haven't I seen FTR maybe, in a while. They've been yeah, on. I think them. maybe they cost something. Cost them the match. One thing that AEW has done well, and I, and I think you've mentioned this. We've only seen FTR versus Young Bucks one time, twice, twice, twice. Yeah. Well, we only saw it once because we were in the, we got the pay per view and it wouldn't play. I remember. Yeah. But um, then the second match that was one of the better matches of the year. 
Um, they have done a good job keeping people apart um, and not overdoing it. I, and I like that, but man, if you would start a feud with somebody and see it through all the way, and I think that's kind of what they were doing with MJF and Punk. Yeah. But it obviously it didn't. Of course, it may, may still be up in the air. Yeah. I, that's I, something else I want to talk about. No, That'll no. be a shorter episode. So anyway, um, in conclusion, it's lunchtime. Love tag team wrestling. Stop slapping each other on the backs. Hold on to that tag rope and get one save. And would you ban Follow some rules? Would you ban Rick Knox from refereeing tag team? Uh, yeah, that's the guy that doesn't enforce any of the rules. That's right? the guy that back in PWG he would like get physically involved and stun people. Okay, and, that's him. That's that Nimrod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep him out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want him anywhere near a serious match. Right. Buddy booking. Buddy booking one on one. That's right. I do think um, there was a point where they said, "Hey, this guy is our tag team match specialist," and I don't mind that. I don't mind having a guy. When you see this guy referee, his specialty mm-hmm. is tag team uh, matches. But I go back. You know, you talk about rules and things like that, and chaos. When the D- UFC first started, it was chaos. And it was, mm-hmm. let's see what style works. And there was no weight classes. Right. And that worked for a while. And then people wanted structure. They wanted order. It, and, it, well, you there was one fight. I remember when it happened because I remember watching it. It was like 20 minutes long and they didn't do anything. Right. And it was, I think it was Hoist Gracie and somebody. Right. And they just kind of laid on the mat. Yeah. For, I mean, it was a long time. Right. And it was boring. Yeah. And I think somebody said, okay, after a certain amount of time, we need to get them back on their feet. And right. They, you know, if they're not right. working, they were just kind of jockeying for a position. They weren't even right. doing much. To them, it was there. probably a chess match. It was. It was who's going to flinch first. It right. was trying to make the other guy flinch to get him in a hole, but there was nothing happening. Right. They were just laying there, and uh, I think that's when some of that started. And somebody said, "Hey, would it, you know, if we had three rounds if we kind of did, you know, so many minutes." And now it's just about getting in there and pummeling a guy. Yeah, right. I, I would almost, I almost think we've got to the point where, hey, I'd like to see still have the rounds, but like throw out the weight classes mm-hmm. for one match. That's tough, man. Here's the thing, too. That's tough because if you got. If you got a guy, if you have both of them equally skilled, mm-hmm. and you take a guy that's 175 pounds and a guy that's 300 pounds, right? That's just not going to be a fair fight. Well, right. I I would also like to see now that I've kind of learned how the cutting works, uh, not the John Moxley cutting, but the weight cutting. Mm-hmm. There's such a sign. I I read an article about George Saint Pierre, and he talked about his cut, and. It, by the time he, you know, if he's if he's fighting at one seventy five, by the time of the actual fight, he's back up to like one ninety, one ninety five. Yeah, like it's such a swing, and I'm like, um, if both guys are doing that, just fight at one ninety five. Right, I I see what you mean there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it it it's, I mean George Saint Pierre, it was like a science. Oh yeah. Uh of I'm gonna 
this is what I'm eating the three days leading up. This is how I'm cutting the weight, and this is how I'm putting mm-hmm. the weight back on. Yeah. And it was monitored, and it was as safe as it could be. Right. Um, it wouldn't be safe for you or I to do that. Would it not? Unless we had George St. Pierre's doctors. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, um, Mark and I are trying to cut weight for different reasons. I'm not trying to cut weight. I'm trying to, like, change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just to get healthier. I'm tired of hurting all the time. Mm-hmm. Me too. But, you know, it's hard to fix a broken heart. <laughs> That's what they say. I don't know what's worse, the broken heart or the sciatica. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point, man. You can still get up and move around with a broken heart. <laughs> um, you just don't want to. Yeah, you just don't want to. Um, if, you, if you could put – I've been trying to wrap this up, but I keep coming up with questions I want to ask mm-hmm. you. Uh, I think of like RK Bro and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and Randy Orton is so good. Mm-hmm. If you could put any two singles wrestlers today, either company, that you'd be like, man, I wonder what that would look like as a tag team. Who would it be? It's hmm. a good question. Hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Holy, that's who I would say too. I mean, but then again, who's going to beat those guys? You know. Legitimate. I mean, right, right. Honest, who's going to beat those guys? Nobody. So, uh, I mean, MJ, all right, MJF, uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk would be yeah. a good tag team. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see that. Them against FTR would be, that would be good. That would be really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are just off the top of my head. I'd have to sit and think about it, you know? No, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Who who would you pair... Who could you pair Roman Reigns with? Would you pair him with anybody? What if you had Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and brought John Moxley back over? You think they could be a good three-man group? Of some sort, yeah. Seems like maybe there would be something there. Yeah. I don't know if something like that's been done before. I'd have to look and see. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched. I mean, you could put, I mean, Roman and Seth are always going to be attached to one another. Right. I mean, you know, you could feud them with each other. I'm sure they will at some point. They'll feud again. Yeah. Um, yeah, Roman is, that's a hard guy to put with somebody. Yeah. When you think about it, because he's a, he's a standout. He's almost like uh, Flair at this point. No, he's not. No, no, no. What I mean is when Flair was at his peak, I couldn't picture him teaming with anybody. I don't know if what I'm but saying. Maybe with the exception of Arn and Dully and Oli and J.J. Dillon. I mean, but no, 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 no. What I mean is as a as a tag team winning tag team titles, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely at that level. I mean, because you know? he's teamed with the Usos. I mean, I, but what I'm saying is completely separate. I, I'm, I, what I said, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't explain it 
Okay. It, I see what you mean now. I was like, wait a minute. He was he was in a faction. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't mean I okay. don't mean it I like that. Mean. I mean it as going after yeah. Like anyway. he wouldn't take he wouldn't be the champion and take a step down and go for tag titles. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, I got you now. Maybe hope maybe same like you couldn't picture Hogan being tag team champion. Yeah, unless he was with Savage or Brutus Beefcake when he when they went right. So money ain't for the tag. But they didn't win the title. <laughs> yeah, but they still did it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Anybody else you want me to? No, you you know we've we've done our gimmick pretty well. I say something <laughs> stupid, and you eviscerate me for it. I'm, I'm couldn't see Hulk Hogan being in a tag team. You made except for the one with Randy Savage. <laughs> but I'm okay. Who would Roman Reigns' uh, mega powers? Who who would he be? It would have to be Brock Lesnar. Oh, snapping turtles! You know, I mean, that's where you mega powers. That's that. You know. I like that. Mm-hmm. Golly, they would run could, like, rough could shot. You, you could almost do the, uh, uh, you know, Roman's getting beat up and Paul Heyman <laughs> goes backstage and he comes out with Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like see- it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> and Brock, can you see him kind of doing the Hogan? Yeah. Looking around? <laughs> looking at him going, oh, I can't let this happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the most unbelievable <laughs> Brock would look around, look at Heyman, and be like, shrug his shoulders, then go back to the back. I don't care about this. What is this? Yeah, I mean, that writes itself, man. It really does. But I think with Hogan, like, everybody, like, you trusted Hulk Hogan to do the right thing. Right. And to help somebody. But, like, Brock Lesnar's not that guy. Right. Brock Lesnar's like, well, how much money is this? And that's okay. There's (laughs) nothing wrong with that. Who would that guy be in WWE now that you could bring him out and he'd be like, oh, yes, I need to save it. I mean, Cena. Cody. Cena. Yeah, yeah, Cena. Cody. Right now. Uh, he feels obligated to do the right thing. Yeah. You mean. Yeah, I right. think Cena would be the guy, you know, without a doubt. Um. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Double Dropkick Show. We don't have a Patreon anymore. We are free agents. That's right. Um, That's great, isn't it? It's, it's course, a, I guess I might have to pay for my own lunch today. But. You, really? You're just going to pay for yours? I may just have to pay for mine. Yeah. Oh, what a jerk. We're in such a different phase that, like, we've gone from these. Our first phase was, uh, I would, was Deaners, that would probably be phase two. Or would Deaners be phase one? Would it? I don't know, man. What was. Yeah, Deaners was definitely an early phase, though. Yeah. Taco, the, the first phase was, was Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco Bell was phase one. Yeah. Deaners was phase two. We'd go get we'd go get Taco Bell. Yeah, uh, we went to KFC buffet. We did that. Yeah. Is there a KFC buffet? <laughs> is there a KFC? There is. Yeah, there's a. Uh... But it's a KFC slash Long John Silver's. 
So I don't know if they have a buffet. Well, uh, yeah, it would be the one in Seneca. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the one here has one. Right. Well, I know for a fact it doesn't. Uh, but they are bringing the double down back. What is that? When they used to take the two chicken breasts uh-huh. and make a sandwich out of them, uh-huh. they had like bacon and cheese and never had honey one of mustard those. or something in the middle. The the chicken was really good. That was huh. what I liked about them. I had one, one. I only had a few of them, but the chicken was really good. Chicken. It was like a boneless uh, chicken breast. It was really good. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had the uh, what was the pizza place there in Seneca? The good one or the the crappy one? Not the pizza buffet. Yeah, Pepino's. We Pepino's. Had Pepino's. Yeah, we had the Pepino's area. And we were doing that a lot. Uh, yeah, we had the definitely had the KFC buffet area. When yeah, we were near there. We were that was pretty much guaranteed. We were having KFC buffet. Uh, Pickens was Little Caesars. Yeah, when the show was emanating That's from right. there. Yeah, we were doing. We ate a lot of Little Caesars. This is the uh, school cafeteria. School phase. cafeteria, but it's fall break, so they're not <laughs> over there. I don't think they're over there today. <laughs> I don't think they're over there today. <laughs> that is definitely not a tone in those fight videos we discussed at the very beginning. <laughs> no. Which, that's enough. I don't think we need to go there. <laughs> All right, so thank you for listening to the Double Drop Kick Show. We hope you're having a great day. Mark doesn't care if you're having a great day or not. I do. Uh, I'm but, having a terrible day, so I hope everybody else is for too. The, for the Double Drop Geek Show, I'm Heath Mulligan. I'm Mark Whip. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.